Hey guys, welcome back to Bible and Coffee. How are you in this beautiful Tuesday? And today we're continuing yesterday's lesson of when John the Baptist test when John the Baptist talked about his testimony of Jesus. So today we're continuing on verse thirty three through verse thirty six. Yesterday we went through verse twenty two through thirty, uh, in which we talked about how you have to humble yourself. And don't let your spirit of con- um, competitiveness get in the way of your mission because our mission always is to lead others to God. And it doesn't matter if the other um, worship group has better music, if they talk better, if they dress better. It doesn't matter because in the end, you both have the same mission and that's to lead people to Jesus. So that's what we talked about yesterday. And the last um, verse we went through was, He must become greater and I must become less. Which show John's um, that John was a man who knew what he had to do, and it says right here, as for John, he was perfectly aware for what of of what his position was in God's plan. So that's where we left off, and let's start with the prayer and we'll continue on. So. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another wonderful day, for letting me be here and to preach to the other person on the other side. I'm thankful for this platform that you've given me, Lord, because you allow me to talk to other people and to spread the word, Lord. For once, I just couldn't do this, and I was very, very nervous, and and I still stumble over my words, Lord, but you've helped me grow from then, and I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life, and I thank you for everything that you will do. I thank you for the other person on the other side of the screen, Lord. I thank you for allowing them to be here, for allowing them to get better every single day, no matter what they've gone through, Lord. I know that you have a plan for them, and you will take care of them, Lord. I ask for both of us to to, um, grant us wisdom, Lord, to understand your word and to grow in it, Lord, so we could um, have an acknowledgement of what you're trying to say to us, Lord. I thank you so much, Lord, and and please help me... um, Truly say what you want me to say, Lord. Don't let it be my own words, but your yours, Lord. And I thank you for everything, Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm sorry if you could hear the background music. The background music. Uh, the background noise. I'm not sure what that is, and I don't remember construction being outside. So, um, just to know that, I'll probably put music in the background, and hopefully that will drown the music out, <laughs> the sound out. So. Uh, let's see, let's see. So get your notebooks out, get your highlighters, pens, pencils, your books, your and your Bible, and mostly your coffee. So let's get right into it. And then, and we're going to start on verse 31, which says, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one of the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one can accept his testimony. The man who has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God who whom God had sent speaks the word of God, for God gives the spirit without limits. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains in him. Oh my gosh. 
in him. So, when it says uh, the man who was with you on the other side, oh, that's not where I left off. My bad, hold on. Here's my notes. Though, so, when it says the one who comes from above is above all, so in Greek, the word all could be um, all things or all men. In either case, John's statement reveals his attitude about Christ's superiority, his superiorness. And the same word, athonin, that appears here was used in uh, chapter 3, verse 3. And Jesus then is the one who comes from above. Well, we are people who must be born from above if we hope to see the kingdom of God. So, born from above, it talks about once again the rebirth and regeneration. So, all the things that come from earth are from earth, and all things that are made from um, the spirit are from the spirit. So, that's what it's trying to say. Sorry, guys, my throat all of a sudden gets really dry. And you know how it starts getting, it's, it's very <clears throat> gritty. So. Uh, the one who is um, of earth belongs to the earth and speaks about earthly things. Uh, so John, whom Jesus himself called the greatest man born among men, was still a man of the earth. So he knew um, the comparison, like, I'm still from earth and I'm, and I'm not greater. So when it says the one who comes from heaven is above all, Christ's heavenly origin gives him superiority over every person. Verse 31 begins and ends with a parallel parallel about Jesus. The only difference is is the use from above. The first part of the verse and from heaven and the end of the verse, the repetition is worshipfulness of small things and is instructive. From above emphasizes Jesus' divine nature while from heaven... Uh, from heaven indicates his pre-existence. In other words, Jesus has already was already what we have called from the beginning. So, what does this mean? Well, since Jesus from most, <laughs> since Jesus was from heaven, and he, that's where he began. He's eternal. Um, he was always from heaven. He was never just from earth. He was always from heaven, and that gave him superiority that he was greater than us. While we um. We're born here on earth and sometimes and if some of us are uh, have still haven't had that regeneration of um, reborn again um, we are still less no matter what we are still less than Jesus because he has the upper hand of being from heaven always was from heaven he just came down to earth to save us so um, here we are going to talk about becoming less Pastors and other Christian leaders may be tempted to focus more on their success of their ministries than on Christ. And we know many, um, um, you know, celebrity uh, pastors who we always see on TV. You know, sometimes you always hear the, the money thing. And it's like, yes, that, this, that. And a bunch of um, other things that aren't focused on God, but focused now on their success as celebrity pastors, which is not their mission. Their mission is to, you know, to lead people to Christ and not just scam people for money for for money and you know just speak uh, speak a bunch of nonsense so um 
Others may project false, false humility or even destructive self-hatred. Healthy humility is modeled by John defines its, itself in truthful comparison. John did not say that he was nothing. He identified himself in a relationship to the most important person in his life. Because John's profound understanding on his purpose in life, he eagerly pointed out the greatness of Jesus. So he didn't say, oh, I'm nothing, I'm this and that, and that you know, self-hatred. But he's like, yes, he is greater, you know, and I must become less. That doesn't mean I'm nothing. He becomes less because so Jesus can become more. John welcomed the success of Jesus' revelation as a Messiah, even though he realized his own moment in the spotlight was passing. The more Jesus was recognized, the more John could enjoy his own success. So humility combines the persistence to do what to do and be what God has called us to be. The wisdom to recognize those things we cannot do and be. <clears throat> And, and the, ver- the vision to always see ourselves in, re- in relation to God's greatness. So in verse 22, when it says, He testifies to what he has seen and heard. Throughout his gospel, John emphasizes the fact that Jesus spoke what he had heard from the Father. He was the Father's representative in word and action. And when it says, No one accepts his testimony. So this great uh, condemnation upon mankind, especially the people who lived when Jesus did, for they were the ones who heard his testimony and rejected it. And our day and time, we didn't, we certainly didn't live in Jesus' time, but they got to see each miracle. They got to hear it. They got to, you know, if they wanted, they could have gone and talked to Jesus. But instead, they decided to reject it completely and, you know, show um, false uh, false faith and you know surface level faith as we talked about in earlier episodes when we talked about oh how they were always there but Jesus didn't fully entrust himself in him in them so in verse 33 it says whoever has accepted his testimony has certified um, certified this that God is true by way of contrast this verse 32 this very verse indicates that some did re- Receive God, uh, Jesus' testimony. Testimony. Those who received Jesus' testimony believed that He was the Son of God that came from heaven, the Messiah. Their belief in His testimony was their stamp of approval on the truthfulness of God's actions. In other words, they tested the testimony and found it to be true. To set one seal to something was a way of saying, "I identified with this." In ancient days, a person could impress his personal mark. Okay, so here um, it talks about um, when they um, would reveal their, um, you know, their. I'm sorry, I, I only, I all of a sudden have a mind blank. Um, when they would um, the stamps, and that would show that oh, this is from this person, this is from that person. It's like um, the family crest. <clears throat> so. Um, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where was I? Uh, here it is. When we read famous documents like the American Declaration of Independence, we usually are drawn to the names of those who signed it. Some are well known, others are par- partially forgotten. But their signature, they identify themselves with that pro- proclamation. In the case of God's declaration, 
Only his signature was required to make it valid. It was true whether or not anyone else ever witnessed its truth. The gospel is an invitation from God to add ourselves to those who have staked their lives on Christ the truth. So here it says, let's, uh, let's imagine that you are very important. And with one signature, you can make a simple piece of paper turn into a million bucks. It's worth a million bucks because it's your signature. So that's how um, Jesus' signature, um, God's signature was. He simply signed it, and that is what made it valid. That's what made it, you know, it, okay, pass through. While our signature is just like um, a small little scribble, and it's like, uh, uh, no, not you. Skip. So here we're going to talk about uh, eternal life insurance. In the light of John, in chapter 3, verse 33, one way of understanding the gospel is by imagining that God provided for us in Christ an eternal life insurance policy. The full payment was made on the cross by Jesus' death. The Bible tells us that even though we do not deserve the privilege or the opportunity, God offers to make us beneficiaries of that policy. We enter our names on the blank line through Christ and trust. So, this life insurance, it gives you a lot of benefits, doesn't it? It gives you eternal life. And you won't have to perish, you know. But you know, this um, this life insurance it tells us everything that we need to know. The way that Jesus paid the full price, and you don't have to pay anything. You just have to ask for forgiveness and fully believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and He died for your sins. <clears throat> In verse thirty-four, it says, "For the one whom God has sent, the word of God." Oh, sorry. For the one who God has sent, the word of God. So this statement, this statement, um, makes it uh, authentic. That was said in verse thirty-two. God's Son, Jesus Christ, does not speak His own words, but the words of God. Uh, when it says, uh, "For God gives a spirit without limit," God gave us such an immeasurable, immeasurable spirit to His Son. As such, the Son was recipient of the immeasurable Spirit for his prophetic ministry. But unlike the Old Testament prophets who were anointed with the Holy Spirit only when they were speaking from, for God, Jesus always had the Spirit with him. And therefore, I always spoke the words of God. We can trust the word of Jesus because the Spirit was always with him. Unlike, <laughs> unlike the prophets who... Only on certain moments, the Holy Spirit would come down, and they, um, it would tell them, you know, tell this to the people, tell that, tell this, and that was the word of God. But with Jesus, He was always with the Spirit, and the Spirit, you know, was always with Him. And when it says the Father loves the Son, and has placed everything in His hands, the Father committed all. His divine plan to care of His beloved Son. What a glorious privilege and an awesome responsibility. By the end of His ministry, Jesus told the Father that He had accomplished everything the Father had wanted Him to do. In verse 36, it states, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Believers need not to wonder whether or not they have eternal life. 
or wait for the future judgment to see if eternal life will be granted or not. He who has the Son has eternal life. In 1 John 5 verse 11, thus eternal life begins at the moment that the Spirit's re- actual spiritual rebirth is a question for individual believers then is how does our way of living demonstrate the fact that we expect to live eternally? Whoever disobeys the Son. So the New International Version uses reject to translate um, apithion, which is a Greek word, and summarizes the intent of the verb disobey in um, to disobey the Son is to reject Him. To reject the Son's testimony and the Gospel is to cut ourselves from the benefits available only through Him. And after that it says, will not see life. It, to not see life means to not experience God eternal life. And you will perish and be completely cut from God. But must endure God's wrath. John, the author of this gospel, has been demonstrating that Jesus is the true Son of God. Jesus sets before us the greatest choice in our lives. We are responsible to decide today whom will we obey. God wants us to choose Him and life. God's wrath is His final judgment and rejection of the sinner. To put off the choice is to choose not to follow Christ. Indecision is fatal decision. So don't wait to completely die and or in your own life you're like, oh yes, that's when I'll stop following God. You don't know if you're gonna wake up tomorrow. You could die right now. And well what happened? You'll perish. There's no second chance after you die. You die, you die. <laughs> Nobody gets out of life alive. So why wait till tomorrow? Why wait till you are old? Why wait till next year, next week, next month? Why not now? Why not follow Jesus now? What is holding you back? Just give it to the Lord. And I know you might feel like, but it's too much. The Lord is bigger than all of our problems. Trust me. Trust. Don't trust me. More like trust God. You know that phrase? Don't trust me. I am human and I fail. But the testimony that I also give is that you can give every single problem to God because He will forgive you. He will bring you back. You'll leave the 99 to come to the one. Jesus' testimony was trustworthy because He had come from heaven and was speaking of what He has seen there. His words were the very words of God. Our whole spiritual life depends on the answer to one question. Who is Jesus Christ? If we accept Jesus as the only prophet or teacher, we will actually have to reject his teachings, for he clearly claimed to be the Son, the God's Son, God himself. The heartbeat of John's Gospel is the dynamic truth of that Jesus Christ is God's Son, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who was from the beginning and will continue to live on forever. This same Jesus has invited us to accept him and to live with him eternally. When we understand who Jesus is, we are compelled to believe what he has said. So, the question states, who is Jesus Christ? Is he the one that 
Will they write on the Bible or have you created your own image? If not, erase that image and come back. Believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And it may be a hard journey, but with God, it will get better. He doesn't say we're going to live a comfortable life. That's not what I'm saying. But you will live an eternal life with Him after this life is gone. If you die tomorrow and you accept Jesus today, you will receive, you will, you will go into the gates of heaven. But if you don't, where will you end up going? So that's um, that's the it for today, and I want you to you know to dwell on that concept. You know, do not perish, but to have eternal life. Eternal life with the Lord, spending the rest of your of eternal life with Him. You know, with um, with every person that I ever believed, you'll be with us if you accept Him. And I thank you guys, Lord. You know, coming here today and allowing me to talk to you about the Lord. And I ask for you guys today to pray with me and to accept the Lord into your hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this person, Lord, who has come today, Lord, and wants to accept accept you, Lord, into their hearts. Clean them, Lord. Help them go. Help them with their troubles, Lord, and whatever they are, Lord. You are greater than their troubles, Lord. Help them renew their lives to start over. You you give second chances, Lord. You are the Lord of second chances. Help them come back, Lord. Help them understand that you are bigger than their problems. No matter what their problems are, Lord. You are greater than us. You know better than us. You know our thoughts. You know what we're going to say even before we say it. Help them understand, Lord. You are their father, Lord. The one who keeps them safe. I thank you for everything, Lord. I will trust in you, Lord, and keep them safe in the rest of the day. I thank you for everything. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Amen, guys. So, uh, I'll see you guys next week on Monday in Bible and Coffee when we are going to talk about Jesus talked with the Samaritan woman. As many of us know, this story, and it's going to be quite an interesting Monday. First God. Firstly, God, that we wake up Monday. So I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.